that jam. Love that jam. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hollywood Tales Podcast, live from Jam in the Van. My name is Ahmed Ahmed. I'm here with my co-host, Blake Barty. What's up? How's it going? How's it going? It's good. Uh, It is Monday, December 20th, and we are live uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time from Jam in the Van Studios. If you've never been to this place, it's really awesome. They record music and have live comedy shows and events, and it's this whole multiplex uh, building that used to be a ex-rehab center, oddly enough, and now there are stand-up comedians taking it over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is episode number three. Uh, The first one we did, our pilot episode, was with uh, rock legend and old-time pal Tom Morello, who uh, gave us some time and, and came on and had some really fun, cool stories and an awesome Hollywood tale. Um, and then episode two last week, we had Anya Zova, a very funny uh, Russian comedian who is an ex-kickboxer, uh, lawyer, supermodel, now comedian. Um, and yeah, are you having fun so far doing this? It's been a blast. Uh, this episode, episode three, is a really special one. It's our Christmas episode edition. And you can see we have some toys here for the tots. My good pal that I've known for almost 30 years has uh, agreed to come on and give us his time for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, I'm just going to bring him right in, and then we'll circle back when he phases out. He's got stuff to do later, so I'm just going to bring him right on. You guys know our next guest <clears throat> from so many things. Uh, he was a really famous child actor, still is a famous actor, but as a child... He just broke ground uh, with one of the biggest Christmas movies of all time called A Christmas, a Christmas Story, Story, where he pay, played uh, Ralphie. And it was kind of like he was the home alone. It was like the home alone of our time without the sequels and stuff. But classic movie. I'm sure you've seen it if you haven't. Uh, that's kind of where he got his, I think, his big break. But then he's been in a bunch of other stuff, which we will pepper in along along the way. Um, he transitioned beautifully into producing. Uh, he's produced, he was one of the executive producers of Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie. Uh, he produced and was acted in The Breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston for Christmases, a Couples Retreat he directed also with Vince Vaughn. Um, and the list goes on and on. So we'll, we'll get into some of his credits, uh, his background and what he's up to now. And let's just bring him on without any further ado. One of my old best friends, Peter Billingsley. All right. What's up? What's up, pal? How are you? Good to see you, bud. Thanks for making time. Yeah. Hey, man. Glad to uh, glad to be here. The studio is looking nice and festive. They've done a great job here. Yeah. Uh, like Jam in the Van Studios is there this new concept. Give us the wide of, shot. Yeah, and it, it's it's that one of these. Nice. Uh, yeah, they built a little set for us. And, you know, when your career starts to go downhill, you start a podcast. Uh, so that's what I decided to do. Well, others started one earlier when you start late in the game. <laughs> I know. I should have started a long time ago. I started I, I, 10 or 12 years ago. I should have. I should have. I didn't want to jump on the bandwagon. I thought I had some more some more gas in the tank as an actor and a comic. Better late than never, and I'm hearing good things about Hollywood tales. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely. I've known Peter almost 30 years. We met on the set of an after-school special called The Fourth Man, which also starred uh, Nicole Egger and, at the time, an unknown 
Vince Vaughn. And that's how we all met. I was an extra on the set. Uh, it was about right. Peter's character was this. Do you want to tell him about it or should I? Either either way, this is your show. I'm, you, I'm just you. a guest. <laughs> <laughs> you can lead me where you want me to go. This is your show, dude. I'm I just want to explain how we met and then we can yeah, okay, care. fair enough. I'll be very quiet. Pete Pete was the star of this after school special and he played like this um this like nerd who was trying to get the girl who was uh played by Nicole Eggett at the time from Charles and Charles and um she was also on Who's the Boss, right? She was also on Who's the Boss. I don't think so. No? Oh, Charles and Charles. So. Oh, correct. That was a listen one. I'm here to support. You keep I'm sorry. telling your story. Don't worry. Anyway, <laughs> he took steroids to get on the track team. He wasn't fast enough, so he took steroids to get on the track team. And Vince Vaughn played his friend and high school quarterback who's like, don't do drugs, I'm going to tell the coach. And I played, I was an extra, I played one of the guys on the track team who, whenever Peter would walk by, I would roll my eyes and be like, look at that loser. <laughs> and then that's how we all met. Um, is there a picture, Wolf? There we go. That's a young Wait, Peter Tim, Billingsley. Tim Rosovich. Yeah. Tim Rosovich, although right, he's an ex, I think he's an ex-football player too, right? Turned actor. Absolutely, yeah. And then, and then yeah, an unknown, yeah. yep, a, a young unknown Vince Vaughn right there on the left. And then we all became friends, and then um, Pete just went on to gracefully transition into directing and producing. Um, I guess let's just get into that. What was the, you know, that transition for you? Was it? Did you feel like it was a rough transition, or did you feel like, all right, I'm done with being in front of the camera. Let me try this angle on this side. I had always wanted to do it, and I got some good advice from um, a good mentor who was Bob Clark, who directed A Christmas Story. Mm -hmm. um, and I had asked him even around then, and then we remained friends after we did the movie and said, what's the, you know, I kind of want to get to the other side. What's the best way? And he said, through the edit room. So you got to learn how things are edited and it's really the kind of final frontier. And it's such a great, because I had had a lot of time on sets at that point. So it was great to get time there and see, you know, kind of what you did right. And often what you did wrong, because you're mm -hmm. kind of stuck with the footage you have and what you can make of it. And so I was weird because I just kind of got apprenticeships to do stuff. I was sleeping on edit room floors. Um, I mean, we knew each other back then. Ahmed, because that was right after um, that was right after the fourth man. And then I was just kind of hustling my way, trying to learn the business from the backside more that I didn't know. And then was trying to take any kind of job I could. And then that slowly started rolling into being able to try to develop stuff and try to get things on the board. And then I was doing TV and stuff, and kind of a first big break was Vince and John Favreau did a movie called Made, and I had been kind of just cutting my teeth in production, and they asked me to come on board to help them with that. Um, and that was around 2000, and that was kind of a big break for me. Behind the scenes, people that were really giving me an opportunity to do something that I felt I could do, but hadn't really been given yet. And you did, um, when, you were, when you were phasing out of, you know, the in front of the camera to behind the camera, I think one of your last films was called at that time called Arcade. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, Arcade, directed by Albert Pune, who's like has right. done some pretty interesting kind of cool movies. <laughs> right. Um, Arcade was done for Full Moon Entertainment, mm. um, which was like Albert Band. I mean, for any cinephiles out there, they'll know it was sort of like a Roger Corman equivalent. Mm -hmm. um, they did straight to video, dinosaur, come to life movies. Um, you know, gremlins kind of attack you 
kind of films. And this was like, this was virtual reality before it, I got right. sucked into a video game. Right. Um, and that I remember on that movie, I asked for an apprenticeship to edit the movie That's because this was the first it. opportunity I had to get into an edit room. Right. So, and I had started in the movie, which was not a very good movie. So the first day I show up and the editor's like, oh great, the star's here to apprentice. Uh, he's gonna be like, cut to me here, cut to me there. And I'm like, look, dude, you can cut me out of the movie. I just want to learn. Like, yeah. I don't care, just cut your movie. That's funny. You no, know, I remember that. And I thought that was a smart move to parlay that job into the another. only leverage I had was to say, these are people I know they're editing it. Can I get this like apprenticeship to edit? Which mm -hmm. they thought was crazy at the time. And I suppose seemed weird. But then that editor's name was Dean Goodhill. I worked with him and did some other stuff with him kind of brought me on board and um that was cool it was before a lot of the avids and the laptops and stuff that you can cut on now but it was it was a great way to learn sure and then um i mean look fast forward you you know were one of the executive producers of the first iron man movie correct Let's talk about special effects and green screen and getting back to that world a little bit um do yeah you talk about sure. that a little bit like how you got into the marvel universe if you will like yeah i started after made did dinner for five a show uh kind of cool show for ifc with favreau that we put together where kind of had this idea of basically just people in hollywood having dinner and drinking and then mm -hmm. uh we would do that and then people uh would tell really funny hollywood stories um and then i did a movie called zathura with him which was like a sequel to jumanji but not like <laughs> the big sequel that just <laughs> came out is just like a sort of more unknown attempt at a sequel. Uh, it was a house that gets thrown into space. Um, and then he was going to go do Iron Man, which at the time nobody really had heard of, except for, I think, comic book fans. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knew what Iron Man was. And it was kind of their attempt at, you know, taking control of the universe and trying to launch it. So it was, I mean... It was kind of a, I remember when I arrived, they had had, they had announced a release date for the movie uh, and there was no script, but the movie was coming out. Some movie was coming out on a particular date, <laughs> but there was no, so then everyone like rolled out this calendar and was like, okay, well, if the movie comes out here, you kind of go back, you're like this much editing, right? This much shooting, this much prep, it's sort of like, holy shit, you know, we're deep into active prep now by the standards of making a movie, but at the time there was just kind of not a strip ready. So uh, nothing like a deadline to, to get shit done, To make right? a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember um, I was an actor for many years playing terrorist roles and stuff, and I vowed never to play terrorist roles again. Until and I then, called. And then Pete called, he's like, hey man, I'm executive producing Iron Man. And there's a scene, there's a storyline in the movie where there's this terrorist camp and I know you said you don't want to play terrorists anymore, but all the scenes are with Robert Downey Jr. These are some really great terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> these are not the run-of-the-mill terrorists. Right. And I was like, these guys, they got costumes, they right. got good weapons. Like, you know, I was really kind of overselling. Well, uh, I said, you had me at Iron Man. <laughs> and it was it, it was kind of fun um, to have him in there because we shot that movie in Los Angeles and that cave sequence in the beginning. Mm -hmm. We built what's now... Zuckerberg bought it. It's now the Facebook buildings in Playa Vista. Oh, is it? Okay. I didn't yeah, know it was the hangars. Mm -hmm. These two huge hangars that right. Howard Hughes built the wings for the spruce goose in. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
which was pretty cool. And so we built like all those caves and then Ahmed came down and he was just like <laughs> barking in Arabic at people. <laughs> well, going around, but we had a blast. It's funny because <laughs> Tom Arello was here on our first episode and he talked about his role in Iron Man. Remember? <laughs> yeah, he, he totally. <laughs> and he talked oh. about he talked about how they rigged him with these straps. And they yanked and they, him. They yanked I mean, him. it's kind of fun. It's like if you're going to be doing yeah. the terrorist role, it's not like the, you know, shitty B movie. It's kind of like the A-list version yeah. of it, where the craft service is pretty great. It's pretty comfy. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all pretty good. Um, I remember, do you remember hearing that, like, so Howard Hughes had built those stages? And, you know, Howard Hughes was notorious for, like, hiding money and all kinds of crazy stuff. And there were tunnels under there. Oh, I and know. I really wanted to get like a posse together and go explore those tunnels. But there was a, a massive, there was like gangs of raccoons oh, that shit. were down there and they were everywhere. And then someone said that there's methane down there. So you have to be careful. So I was trying to get a canary because don't you take like a canary in a coal mine? To warn you of the methane that you I had no idea. Did you know this? So I, I had no idea. Get, yeah, that's why the the expression canary in a coal mine. Ah. You take them down, and when the canary dies, you turn around and go back because they'll die of lack of oxygen or from methane exposure first. And then I was going to try to get some chainmail pants for the raccoons <laughs> and they <laughs> Couldn't get anyone to go. Um, anyway, just to say, this is Hollywood tales. I mean, no, these are these great are the tales of Hollywood. Blake had a question for you. Um, what was it like that scene? I don't know. My favorite uh, rom com was the uh, was the breakup. I've seen it probably forty times. Just throw it on as a good background movie sometimes. Uh, that scene that well, you produced it, but the scene you were in where you uh, ask for the the jersey back from Vince Vaughn. Yes, and he just uh, throws it at you, and he asked for his. Uh, wrist guard wrist guard back and he says he helps you you snap your wrist <laughs> i mean was that like a one and done scene or no we had some fun with that i mean vince is the most fun to work with because he's so committed in like those moments you know the fun of that is you're taking it i mean it's a bowling league but you're taking it as though it's a serious it's something and the offense is lifelong um i think the wrist guard was an improv of his which was just, yeah. you know, you know, he's just then going to kind of extend the moments and lean into the intention more. So the shirt's one thing and he's throwing it yeah. down and he's like, I'm going to need that back. And so he just kind of unwind it and give it back. But we had a lot of fun with that. Um, and that movie was his original idea. So he was like very, not only was he the star, but it was kind of, he was sort of hosting the show. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a lot of fun um, to do. And, and he's like, you know, even that stuff with Bateman and when he's the realtor and he's like, but I'm still going to charge you commission and all that. <laughs> like he'll throw things, yeah. make suggestions to people, let people go, shoot it in ways where you have total freedom to express yourself and have fun. And then kind of sorts through it all later and then puts in the right stuff. But it's, um, you know, it's serious because you got to stay super committed and it's hard not to break and laugh and you don't want it when it's really yeah. good. Um, but in hindsight, you look back like it's a lot of it's very funny. But we can all relate. It's like when you break up I and mean, then you got to separate things. But in this case, it's like the bowling team. Oh, I'm super petty. I love the scene. Yeah. So, totally so Pete, Pete uh, going back, just going backwards for a minute, Pete came off the heels of 
of Christmas Story and got into directing and stuff. But there was a moment when we were all friends, me, you, and Vince, and a couple other people, but the three of us, we were kind of always in cahoots and would go into like, remember when I was telling you the story about going into the Roxbury last mm-hmm. week or two weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, Pete was there. Uh, but we would we would ride on Pete's fame. <laughs> because I you were the, just, you were the, the famous one in the group. At the time, yeah. yeah. So it's like you kind of, you know, then the heat moves over here and then this guy's got <laughs> yeah, 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 pushing yeah. you in a little bit. But I had some heat, as they say, coming off of... Uh, coming off Christmas story. It wasn't an instant success, but by the time we were like trying to run around and have some fun, it had broken through a little bit. Yeah. So we were able to use that heat to kind of gain entry to some clubs and some other more exclusive places by <laughs> parading around the kid from a Christmas story. And there were, there were two iconic th- projects you were in that really got eyeballs on you. One was a Christmas story. Do we have a picture of that Wolf? I mean, just go to Target if you want to know. There we go. There we go. There's my guy. So you can't forget that beautiful, cute face, right? And then, um, and the people knew you from. Well, you can show that picture too. He was on Who's the Boss. Just one episode, though. Yeah, people wouldn't remember you from that, I don't think. But the the thing that I think a lot of people do remember you from before Christmas Story was this iconic commercial that you did a series of. Um, and I think you told me at one point you did over like almost 200 commercials as a child or a hundred uh, plus. Close, yeah. Just over a hundred, just over a hundred commercials. But this one, a lot of those were local and regional. Cause it was sort of, I was in New York in the seventies doing that stuff. And so they might be local New York for an insurance company or like sort of regional. It's how a lot of the stuff was built back then. Right. And then, and then the one commercial we're going to, we have a clip of it. Um, you played an iconic character named Messy Marvin. I think it was mm-hmm. Hershey's chocolate syrup. Was that right? Yeah. And we have it here. Can we, uh, show? Yes, it's Messy Marvin. No matter how hard he tries. Oh, Marvin. He always makes a mess. Except when he makes his chocolate milk. He uses good old-fashioned Hershey syrup in the no-mess bottle. Great-tasting, thick, rich chocolate flavor that Hershey always delivers without making a mess. Excellent. Uh, Marvin. Delicious Hershey syrup in the no-mess bottle. <laughs> oh, Marvin. Oh, Marvin. I'll tell you um, two things about that. Uh, so I was, I, I almost didn't get the part because they hire what's called a backup for kids. So you hire who they want as their primary. And then as insurance, they used to, we don't really do it anymore. It's probably still a good plan. You hire a backup. And that backup comes and gets like a sort of probably a lower wage. And you kind of sit around all day in case the, the one you like tanks or can't do it. So we're sitting around, I guess they were really struggling with the first kid. Um, and it just wasn't happening. They weren't getting what they want. And then, you know, the day's going on. I'm getting tired. It's boring. There's nothing to do. And finally, my mom's like, all right, that's it. We're leaving. Like, you're clearly not going to use them. It's like five o'clock um, after like a 9 a.m. caller. And they go, okay, that's it. We're pulling the plug. Peter's in. We're just over <laughs> this kid. We get I didn't know to that. Wow. So it's almost like, you know, the quarterback gets hurt. I come right. to in, start warming up. <laughs> All right, here we go. I did not and, know that. You know, give me the ball. And I just, <laughs> boom, 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 I was able to get what they wanted to. I remember relatively quickly, it's, it was not super challenging for me and kind of went through it. And then 
I guess it, it obviously took off. They, we did, I think, eight of those. Yeah. By the time they it was canceled a whole series. it, yeah. they canceled it for the reason in your intro of the clip. You go, it's Messy Marvin, and I think Hershey's Syrup. So people weren't associating the product. Ah. So they knew the character. They were entertaining. They were fun. But you, right. like you, didn't even really remember the product. It's funny you say that because Messy Marvin did sh overshine the product. Your right, character, and they're there yeah. to sell syrup, not make short. <laughs> you're like, films, let's you know? let's get rid of this kid. <laughs> yeah, and that water thing was before CG. I remember they had that. Mm -hmm. That was a freaking tank right behind me, and they had a big lever and just busted that shit right out at you. And it was like, kind of nail it, you know, because the cleanup is like an hour turnaround between takes. Right. To re to refill the tank, it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun to do, but somehow the character outshine the product and that's uh, that's a no-no in the advertising world right gentlemen right what's your uh so you've you've been in i know we only have you for a few more minutes so i just want to ask you a couple more questions blake do you have anything you want to throw out there um geez really that's kind of insulting blake <laughs> i know come on man you, you did nothing? your research <laughs> no it's funny because he's like blake i did shakes his head right no uh -uh. do you have anything for our guest no, yeah nope nothing. nothing we have a gift uh -uh. We have some fake gifts in the back. Um, what, as an actor, I guess I could dissect it, actor, uh, producer, director, is there any project that stands out to you the most that is the most memorable or you can look back and say, that was one of my greatest accomplishments. I was like, you know, what, is there something that sticks out specifically to you? I have to know all different for kind of reasons. I mean, I will say that you, you know, you don't know which ones are going to, be more sticky than others. You know, like sometimes you go in, I, before Christmas Story, I did a movie called Honky Tonk Freeway, which was directed by John Schlesinger, um, one of the biggest directors, Oscar winning director. Um, on that set, hey kid, you're gonna be a star, total bomb. Then I did a movie with Burt Reynolds called Paternity. I remember All that. the hype on that set, and Burt was the Tom Cruise box office guy like of his day, right? He was the number one box office draw so right. it was in the late 70s. Right. Kid, this is it. We're going to break you. This is all happening. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I can't wait. Total bomb. Um, nobody heard of it. Didn't give me any traction. You don't know. And then Christmas Story was this sort of like, I always call it like take your lunch pail to work kind of movie. Like right. super focused, great vision, work hard. And, you know, that one pops over time. And then other stuff you think is going to do. And I think... You know, I mean, even Iron Man, I think, in some ways exceeded expectations. Right. You know, how far kind of traveled and how much resonance it was able to kind of push through. You just don't know. And that's kind of the fun of it. You approach them all the same way, trying to make them outstanding, trying to make them great. But you kind of don't know which ones will get through, which ones don't. Let's talk about Wild West Comedy Tour for a minute. Um, another project that I was in with you guys, you and Vince. All roads go through Ahmed Ahmed. No, all roads go through <laughs> Vince Vaughn, actually. <laughs> a lot of roads go through you, dude. I mean, hats off to you. Vince wanted to do this kind of comedy, take a comedy show on the road, and we wanted to do it with Ahmed. And then we're like, who, you know, Ahmed's always a great curator of talent. Um, he has a great eye for talent that's young, that's coming up, that's working, that's maybe slightly on the radar or you don't is maybe a little bit off the radar, but he's always had a really good eye and he's, and he's got great taste. And so it was really helpful for him to help curate us, those comedians who was, 
Brett Ernst, John Caparello, Ahmed, and Sebastian Maniscalco at a time before any of these guys were well-known. And Ahmed put them on our radar. Um, and so that's, you know, kudos to him. And we, yeah, we went out on the road for 30 straight days, performed 30 straight nights without a break. Because Vince thought that sounded good. He's like, let's do 30 straight nights. Like 30 in a row? Yeah, we'll do 30 in a row, not one day off. Um, and it got delirious. It got, I mean, that shit, that footage needs to be burned because <laughs> some of the behind the scenes footage, it's like <laughs> the road starts making you crazy. Well, it's funny because, so the backstory is that you guys were on the breakup. Uh, you were shooting the breakup in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. You, were, you were in the movie. You were also producer on the movie. And I remember Vince just bought a tour bus, really nice tour bus. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. And he did a he did a charity benefit for um, uh, Iraqi soldiers' uh, wives, like Iraqi yeah. soldiers who passed in the in the war. It was for the wives, and we did it at the Park West Theater, if I remember correctly, in mm -hmm. Chicago. In Chicago, yeah. And Vince said, "Hey, can you call up a couple of your comedy buddies?" And let's do this thing. And it was the guys you mentioned, Brett, John Caparello, uh, Brett Ernst, John Caparello, and uh, at the time, an unknown Sebastian Maniscalco. And I remember we all went to um, uh, dinner at Gibson's. And we had a uh -oh. steak dinner at Gibson's. Uh, Ari Sandell was there, who ended up directing the documentary. And Vince said, hey, let's all go. I'm off in a week for like a month. Let's go on a comedy tour. And... You know, at the time, I remember Sebastian looking over at me and he's like, I got nothing going on. Of course, I'll go on a comedy tour, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so we we ended like 10 days later, we were on this bus going around America. It was a wild, wild ride. And it shot some behind the scenes footage and, and cut into a pretty fun little movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun movie. I, where where can people see it now? It's on HBO Max, I heard. or it could be. Yeah, I mean, you got to. Look it you up. Dig around. I mean, most things are on Amazon in some form of pay, but it's called. Uh, it's just a short title. It's easy to remember. It's called Vince Vaughn's Wild <laughs> West Comedy Show: Thirty Days, Thirty Nights, Hollywood to the Heartland. That is the official title. So it's an easy, bite-sized one that's super easy to Google. So. How are you able it's to fantastic. book thirty uh, venues in that short a notice? Back to uh, that part was kind of crazy. Some of them we four-walled because. Yeah. Um, you know, some didn't have it. Some you kind of rent out the venue and then you have to book yourself. Mm. Um, uh, and they were, you know, ranged from theaters to kind of mini sort of auditoriums. Then we'd fill them up land. The guys would do a lot of press and radio. We'd sort of advance the thing on the day and then, you know, kind of a nail biter to pull it off. But a lot of it was stand-up comedy, some improv. I did some improv. We'd have special guests. Justin Long came with yep. us on the bus for a while. Yep. Kira O'Donnell traveled with us it was pretty fun i mean i'll tell you to you guys do it all the time but to kind of live that sort of circus kind of life for a minute that willie nelson sort of life was kind yeah. of fun yeah um not every day but for that not time every day holy yeah. shit it's a I lot mean, it's it burns you out yeah, yeah for sure but it was a blast man it was a real blast to me yeah we had a lot of fun but the movies are cool it's great to have the movie because it's almost like a little time capsule of that time you know Better than just a few photos right. um, that we would have had. I know you have to bounce soon, so and thank you for making time. Oh, my pleasure. On, on this yeah, podcast, I'm, I'm, I'm just still waiting for Blake to ask me something, but maybe that's not going to happen. Blake, you're dropping the ball, man. <laughs> I just asked. For Other than, um, <laughs> uh, I just want to go. You remind me of 
the great Chris Farley. Uh, rem remember when um, in the breakup when <laughs> like you know <laughs> <laughs> um, when he when you gave him the wrist guard. Um, no, I'm happy to have to answer anything else. By the way, this is Blake's third podcast ever. Yeah. Like ever, ever. Blake's ever. killing it. I mean, he's, he's killing, I'm killing it. He's, he's doing, doing really a great well. job. He stills the visual by wearing right. the red, which is a dominant. Right. I'm not going to tell you this. It's I mean, Christmas it's a passive time. aggressive choice on his part. Yeah. Well, it sometimes. Draws the eye to him and takes it away yeah. from you. No, I, I knew. He, and he did that on purpose. It's like Tiger Woods on a Sunday. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's why. Red, just that's why. There you go. Reverse outfits on. That's there why I wore. Oh, yeah, so I, I wore white on purpose because I wanted to offset his you know flagrant red and you know, sometimes less is more you know sometimes yeah. just not saying anything is saying everything mm -hmm. um i want to just go sponsors on the table by the way oh yeah, yeah sierra, beverages sierra nevada sponsored well they don't sponsor us they sponsor the whole jam oh, of the cool. van um, yeah th this is a... sponsored by the oscars as well which is yeah. kind of exciting yeah that's yeah it's that just happened actually <laughs> that's great and uh Hey, they're really, we'll they're take really struggling for viewers. The 101 Freeway sponsored me too. I don't know if that's you, awesome, you can see dude. that. You guys are killing us. You sponsored by Beverly Hills <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sepulveda Fake Boulevard. Stars. It's pretty. It's pretty exciting. Hey man, we take what we can get. <laughs> you guys are killing it. Um, I want to go back full circle with the fourth okay. man because unless you have like a specific Hollywood tale you want to wrap up this podcast with. I'd like to bring it back around full circle as to how not only, cause I talked about how you, me and Vince met on set of the fourth man. Mm -hmm. like, can we talk about, cause the story of Vince getting cast on that was interesting. Yeah. For but sure. then, but then you want to wrap it up with, uh, um, yeah, no happy to. I mean, we did, it's a short shoot. It was like eight days. And I remember Vince in particular kind of formed a nice friendship with, Ahmed and you know we didn't have fancy trailers but you have what's called a honey wagon and a honey well, wagon well can we can I interject for a like, sec mm -hmm. sorry I wanted to start uh, as to how he got cast because you were a part of that oh you want me to start there okay if you can uh, just sure, kind of sure, sure. yeah, yeah. um sorry. yes so I uh, it was kind of one of the last things I did but I they had offered me the part which means I didn't have to audition for it so I was cast in this and then they were going to cast my who was to play my best friend and so then they like to do these chemistry reads where you know the director whittles it down to a few of them and then you read with them and then you kind of see who you're vibing and you all try to agree and then you cast that person so i remember it was her name was joanna lee who was mm -hmm. the writer director producer this was her show for sure uh this steroids tale uh, <laughs> cautionary tale of steroid use was her baby at the time and so we went into the office and I read and uh, it got narrowed down to two guys, Vince, um, who's was, you know, definitely taller and skinnier. And then this kind of more kind of boxier guy. And they were both set to play an athlete. And um, so I read with them and, you know, I remember Vince being good. And I remember this other guy being good. So they dismissed the actors and the director said, you know, what do you think? And I said, honestly, they both work for me. You know, they're both good. Like, either way, I don't think we can go wrong. I think they're great. And she's, I said, you know, it's your call. She said, okay, I'm going to go meditate on it. Um, and I was like, cool. Everyone's got their process. So um, I left and I just said, let me know when you're done meditating and you get the answer. So I went out and I waited a minute. And then like one of her staff came and said, come on. I walked back in and she said, 
your best friend will be played by Vince Vaughn. <laughs> and I was like, great, <laughs> that's awesome. So we became good friends. Uh, we started hanging out a little bit because, you know, as actors, you take this stuff seriously, any part, even after school special. So we would hang out at Jerry's Deli in LA and just kind of like started to talk to, try to build some chemistry. Uh, and, we, and we just really liked each other. So we were kind of really good friends. And then we did the show and he became Vince, um, liked a med and would invite him into his honey wagon, kind of your one room trailer for lunch and stuff. And a couple of times I kind of, it, you know, and this is not, I'm trying, it's so hard I'm going to tell this story and not be shitty, uh -oh. but you uh -oh. know, <laughs> it's like it, a lot of the, um, a lot of times, and it's fucked up, but they'll separate extras from like, <laughs> they don't even call it extras anymore. They'll call them background. Um, but you would see like this luxurious craft service for the main actors and then just shit plates cold coffee and like a jug of water mm. for the background that's terrible and you know as you learn you kind of ingratiate yourself and you try to treat everybody nicely but also sometimes some backgrounds really eager and they're trying to jump into scenes so you, it's always like you got to be careful right kind of how you got to be careful so I remember I went by the trailer one day and Ahmed's kicking it in Vince's trailer. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Homeboy's moving up. And Vince is like, this dude's pretty cool. This is Ahmed. Have you guys met? And I'm like, yeah, he seems cool. And I was like, hey, man. And so I liked Ahmed. We met. You know, you kind of hang out with people on sets. And then sort of the show's over and life goes on. And Vince and I kept in touch. I was living in Phoenix. Uh, I was like probably 18 and I was going to kind of move out to LA full time. I had been in LA my whole life going back and forth, I had temporary apartments, but I really wanted to kind of make the move and commit. So we were talking, he's like, you should just come live with me, man. Like got this cool place in Hollywood. And I was like, that sounds great. <laughs> so packed up, and, you know, drove out, drove my Volvo wagon, <laughs> cruised out there from Phoenix. <laughs> And, you know, I look at the address and I got the building and I buzz the thing and I get buzzed in and I go up and I knock on the door and I'm ready. You know, me and Vince going to be roommates, take on the town and the door opens up and it's Ahmed <laughs> and he's holding a feather duster. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And I instantly was like, oh, my God, I've made a horrible decision. <laughs> Who are these people? And I'm like, hey. And he's like, hey, Peter B, what's going on? And I was like, what's up, dude? And he's like, remember me? And I'm like, yeah, from the thing. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm cleaning. Come on in, man. And it turns out he lives there, too. <laughs> so... I'm like, where's Vince? And you're like, he's out running errands. He's got an appointment. He'll be back later. I'm like, all right, cool. So it turns out like there was a few dudes living there. Uh, and it was pretty great. It was like, it was kind of these young, hungry yeah. guys coming to Hollywood who yep. wanted to act and were trying to build their careers. And Vince had this cool place in Hollywood. And for a minute, it was like this kind of awesome shack of mm -hmm. good energy and creativity. We all had different places on the floor that we were kind of shacking up mm. and the, about the only downside to it was that when you have a bunch of dudes and no one's really cleaning like 
like people might put a couple of dishes away, but no one's like cleaning the showers and shit. Right. Remember this? Right. So right. if you don't clean out the drain of the shower, mm-hmm. over time the water fills up. Yeah. And so Ugh. like after a couple of weeks, like there would be this much gray water just sitting uh. in the tub at all times. So when you go to take a shower, you'd have to just <laughs> and you just quickly showered because it was so fucking gross. <laughs> you quickly showered, hopped out, and then nobody bothered to pick the hair out of the drain until finally <sighs> it was done. But that was how I kind of got connected to Ahmed. And then we really did bond. And then shortly after, we're like, um, maybe six months later, got a place and then became roommates and have been roommates numerous times, yeah. uh, kind of through our 20s, throughout our life. So uh, that was, that is my. Hollywood too. I love it. And I remember you called Vince and you were like, or you saw him or whatever. And you're like, Hey man, you're not supposed to bring the extras home. He's like, it's fucking a man, dude. Come on. It's yeah. He was me. like, no, no, man. He's <laughs> cool. He's fine. That was fun, man. Well, Hey bud. Yeah, it, was a, it was a total blast. Well, best of luck guys. This is a lot of fun. Happy hey, I just want to say thanks, man. Thank you, you you're uh, it's an honor to have you on. And, um, just so fun and thank you for sharing all those awesome stories and and uh being on this podcast and uh, blake any last nothing really right, thank you for fine. the tough here we questions. go okay here we go good you good ready go. are you a bears yes, fan uh i do I like saw the you did the the 30 for 30 you did the 85 yes, bears i do i have i have a lot of great respect for the bears bears in the nfc and, I, and i'm an arizona cardinals guy okay. so um but i mean i do like the bears i love the history i love chicago i've been to quite a few bears games so I do, I do like them. If that's your question, I don't well, hate. Them. I saw you did a thirty for thirty, and I was wondering the how you ended up with that one. Um, that was kind of a fun. I mean, Vince obviously grew up with them, and Vince narrated that, uh, so it was just fun to be a part of that and have the Very chance nice. to get the you know to have that story told. What a great story! What a great team! Yeah, definitely awesome. Cool, bro. Well, we're excited to see what you have coming out in the future. I don't. I appreciate it. You can come back in a few months once you've dropped a couple projects and um, beautiful. Yeah, F is for family, couples retreat, breakup, four Christmases, Iron Man, uh, a Christmas story. Check out all his stuff. My awesome, oldest, dearest, best friend, Peter Billingsley. Thanks, brother. Love you. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Blake. Uh, Best of luck to keep the show going. It's fun. Thanks, pal. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, guys. Have a great night. Take care. Thank you. All right, guys. I'm going to take this off. It's getting warm. Peter Billingsley, one more time for Peter Billingsley, huh? From a Christmas story. This is a nice little Christmas edition to have him on. It was nice that he made time. He actually gave us more time than he committed to. He was on there, how long, Wolf? 40 minutes almost? Yeah. Um, so that was fun. I don't know. Can he still hear us or watch us? I see him now. Yeah. Well, that was cool. That was cool. He... It was fun to bring him on as a guest because he has so many awesome stories. Um, he's seen it all. Like, he literally has seen it all. And so uh, as an actor, as a producer, as a director, um, never jaded. A lot of, a lot of, a good handful of my friends that are still working and surviving in Hollywood never got jaded by drugs, the fast lane. Uh, you know, everybody has peaks and valleys in their career, but... Um, he's always remained consistent, and so uh, 
That was cool. Was not cool a fan of he's not a fan of extras mingling with the you know the stars. Well, when I yeah when I was doing other it, than that yeah he doesn't like yeah because <laughs> he, he was like he, he's an extra he's below us. Oh, I could see you answering the door with a friggin' feather duster too. Vince had he'd always Vince Vaughn would always enable people and say hey come stay with me. He was he's like this nurturer. He's like mother the mother hen if you will, and he'd always invite people to come live with him. You know, sometimes for free. Sometimes hey tries you know, for a couple hundred bucks, you can take my couch every month or something. But it was more about, not the money, it was more about, like, getting into Hollywood, you know, getting your feet wet. Um, we took acting classes together, and, you know, he's he's the the real sort of actor's actor because he really takes his craft seriously. And, look, he's done well. We used to go on hikes up Runyon Canyon, me, Peter, and Vince. And Vince would look out over Hollywood, and he would say, I'm going to be one of the biggest movie stars one day. Spoke it into and existence. He spoke it into existence, yep. and then here he is. You know, and then he would ask Pete, you know, what about you? And he'd look at me and say, "What about you?" And I'd say, I, "I'm going to start a podcast called Hollywood Tales when I'm 51 years old." Nice, yeah. <laughs> speak it, speak it. <laughs> At a jam in the van. Oh, I love this place. I do, man. I really, I feel at home here. I feel like there was a very homey vibe going on here. They had their Christmas party here last. Was that Thursday, Wolf? Man, that was fun. Karaoke, they had a, a weed bar set up. I, I, I guess I missed all the psychedelics. There was like all these psychedelics upstairs. <laughs> there was a mushroom bar. There was a mushroom Maybe. bar. Somebody, somebody Maybe ate them not. all. Um, so let's, let's shift into our next segment. I think we have, what, 20 minutes, looks like, yeah? We've got about 20 minutes left for, uh, on the podcast. Let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about last Thursday at Cruisers really quick. Oh, man. We, I, we do a weekly show at a place called Cruisers Bar. It's a really just kind of little divey uh, sports bar. Not even divey. It's actually a nice sports bar, um, Chicago-style s- sports bar. And we do comedy in there on uh, Thursdays. And, there was a, and I host it. And it's only like th- anywhere from 30 to 40 people a week. And it's free. We don't charge anybody. And... Comics from L.A. come down to perform, and then we get some local people. But there was a guy in the front row who just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. I went on, I think, third, second or third. And I'm doing jokes, and I'm getting laughs from the back. And then this guy's sitting right up front with his feet up on the stage, and he's just like, that was funny. That was good. Like... Just heckling. Was, I don't think he, he was knew annoyed. he was heckling, but he was just super drunk. Well, he was really drunk, and he yeah. didn't he didn't realize he was being annoying. Yeah. And then I kept on asking him to be quiet. And then when one of the comics, Angie Stroud, when she was on stage, he started voice texting his girlfriend like out loud. Yeah. And so I went up to him and I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, "Hey, bro, you know what are you doing? Like, put your phone away." And then he did it again, and I went to the staff and I said, "This guy's got to go." And the waitress, Molly, ran over, and she's like, Mallory, she's like, can you make sure he pays his bill first? <laughs> he, so he got his, he paid his bill, and then they escorted him out. Before the show started, he thought it was like an open mic, and he came up to oh, the God. back, and he's like, is this the green room? And he <laughs> he started telling us a joke that he came up with, and we were just looking at him like, yeah, oh, no. Stay home. Yeah. Um, we have some shows coming up. Um, in January, Hyenas Comedy Club. In Dallas, if you go to hyenascomedyclub.com, I think, um, we will be there January 14th and 15th, four shows, two shows a night. Uh, 
Right after that, we're rolling right into uh, Florida. We'll be in uh, Naples, Florida, Miami, Boca Raton, and then some other dates hopefully we'll add on. Um, so stay tuned for that. You can follow me at Ahmed Comedy, A-H-M-E-D Comedy. You can follow Blake at... Blake.Barty. Way to give it energy, bud. Blake.Barty <laughs> on everything. Uh, how do you feel about going back to uh, the infamous... Uh, off the hook, where the 911 call was uh, placed on you. Yeah, so in 2019, Mother's Day 2019, I was performing at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. I've been there a few times. I'm friends with the owner. And I do a joke where I don't do it anymore, but I do a joke where I say, hey, any Middle Eastern people out there? And a few people clap. And I said, that's great. There's a small group of us here, but hey, it only takes one of us. <laughs> right? And then people chuckle. And then I say, but seriously, lock the doors, right? This guy in Florida thought that I said, hey, there's enough of us to start our own little terrorist organization. And I think we referenced this in one of the podcasts last week or the week before. uh, I think it was with with Anya was here, right? Last week. So the guy who called 911 on me, when the call was done, two cops showed up the next day and interviewed me. And then I recorded them interviewing me and then posted it on Twitter that night. And then it went viral the next day. And then it made press like New York Times, New York Post, CNN, BBC. Everybody was picking it up. And um, and it got so much attention around it that the call actually also became public domain. And a friend of mine named Tom Winkler, who used to be an animator for The Simpsons, grabbed the actual 911 call between the operator and the caller, and he made a cartoon of it. And I've been playing it at some of my comedy shows that have a screen or an LED screen or some sort of projector because it's just too funny not to play. So we have it here for you guys. Uh, can we play it? We'll- call your county sheriff's office, Deputy Cormier. This line is recorded. How may I help you? Hi, I don't know if I have the right department, but last evening I went to a comedy show, and the comedy show is happening again tonight at seven o'clock. Okay. At off the off, off the hook. Yep. On Pine Ridge Road. Are you familiar with that? I am. Yeah. Okay. There was a comedian. He's um. His name is Ahmed Ahmed, and he's um you know, Middle Eastern. Uh-huh. And the first thing he said when he got out on the uh, stage was, okay, how many Middle Eastern people do we have here? And a whole bunch of people raised their hand. Uh-huh. I guess they went to see him because he was Middle Eastern. Uh-huh. You know, when you hear the name Ahmed Ahmed. Right. I guess. So, um, and there weren't a lot of people there, I guess, because of the name. Uh-huh. I went because I got free tickets. Okay. And as the people raised their names, they said, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Iraq. I'm from Iran. I'm from Pakistan. I'm from here. I'm from there. He said, that's great. He said, we could organize our own little terrorist organization. Oh. And I don't think that was right. Right. I mean, it really bothered me. Yeah, I understand that in this environment. And I yell, I yell that, yeah, in the paddy wagon's going to be outside to get all of you. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know. Is that something that uh, should not be said? 
Um, well, that I don't know. I'm not a um, certified deputy, so I don't know the law on it. But I can send a deputy out there if you'd like, and maybe they can talk with them and see, you know, what that was about. There's another show at seven o'clock. I don't know if he's going to say it again. Yeah. You know, there was there's a total of five shows. No, no five shows. Uh, two. Two on Friday, two on Saturday. Yeah, five shows. So I don't know if he's going to say it again, but uh, I just thought it was terrible. My wife and I looked at each other and we felt very uncomfortable. Yeah, I understand that. Um, like I said, I could send somebody out there tonight and have them see what's going on. Okay. Maybe um, listen in and see if he says something like that. Yeah, would you like anyone to contact you with the outcome or anything? Um, well, I wouldn't want my name used. We don't have you to know, I wouldn't want anonymous anybody. I wouldn't want my name told to the comedy club at all because okay. I go there all the time. Yeah, well, then I'll just leave it anonymous then and um, they'll just address it and see if, if it's something they need to handle, then they will. Thank you. Okay. Because they started seven. And okay. he comes on a little later because they have two other com two other comedians. Okay, I'll let them know. All right, appreciate it. I was debating on whether I should call or not. Yeah, I understand. But I just think well, it's terrible. It's bothering you, you know. Yeah. It's better to check it out. There are about there are about twenty five, you know, um, Muslims there. Okay. So. All right. Well, we'll have them check it out. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for calling. Have a good night. All right. All right. Bye bye. Yep, you too. Bye bye. Beautiful. Isn't that something? I can't <sighs> believe that actually happened to me. I, I still to this day I'm I'm in in awe. And the guy when it got all this press, <clears throat> we found out who he was because he gave himself up in the call. He's like, oh, I go there all the time with my wife. We get free tickets. So we did this like cross check of who was there that night what, that night with their wives and got free tickets. And it was this guy. I won't say his name. But I, I found him on Facebook and I, I friended him. And then he, tech, he sent me a message saying, uh, how do we know each other? I'm like, you know how the <laughs> fuck we know each other. You should invite him, man. No, he'll show up. He came to the follow-up show. He came back in disguise. I found out later. And then the 911 operator, this really nice lady named Barbara Ann, hit me up on Twitter. She was like, oh, my God, this is not a good look for Naples. Sorry I had to take the call. Did the cops come interview you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you Google uh, Florida man calls 911 on Muslim comic and just hit the video section, you'll see the video of me recording I the cops. Seen that. Nice. I thought I showed it to you. Mm -mm. Um, so that should be fun. So we'll be in Florida, back at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida, January 18th, which is a Tuesday. And then we're in Key West, Florida, January 19th, Wednesday. And then Boca Raton, January 20th. And then looking to fill those two other dates, uh, hopefully in Miami. But stay tuned for that. Um, uh, gosh, I was going to say one other thing, and I totally lost my train of thought. Houston... Oh, we have Brea Improv coming up. 
I know it's a couple months down the road, but Brea Improv. February 16th. February 16th. Go to uh, improv.com slash Brea. And uh, it's myself and Blake and a couple of the comics that were on the Irvine show. Um, and I think that's it. Is there anything else we need to cover before our hour? We're trying to keep these podcasts, you know, at an hour max or under. Um, we're at 52 right now. We're at 52 minutes. Yeah, we're good. Why don't you tell us your best Hollywood tale, Blake? Oh, I don't really have a Hollywood tale for this week. I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Or happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And um, if you and your family decide to send me a picture or a, a, a Christmas card of you and your family at the beach with a professional photographer and how beautiful you are together while I'm sitting home alone during the holidays, just know I'm going to put that in a box somewhere. And when you guys inevitably break up, I'm going to mail it back. And uh... <laughs> What happened here, guys? <laughs> What happened to that nice little... I heard a comic do a joke about uh, wedding gifts. I can't remember the specifics of it, but it was about don't spend too much on a wedding gift because when that person gets a divorce, then you spend all that money. I don't know. I'm fucking up the joke. Uh, Wolf, any last words? What's your Hollywood story? My Hollywood story? Well, I just had him. Hollywood we just, tale. We just had him. We just had him on... We just had him on our podcast. Peter Billingsley yeah, was really helped good. me share a couple Hollywood stories. Uh, not sure who our guest is next week. It might just be us. But uh, please tune in. We are here every Monday uh, live from the Jam of the Van Studios here in West L.A., 3384 Motor Avenue, right between Venice and Pico. Go to jamofthevan.com. Uh, check out all their upcoming shows. Uh, I think I'm not – I don't know if I should be plugging this, but Nick Swartzen is going to be performing here on New Year's Eve, and he's a really old friend of mine, super funny comic, and an amazing uh, amazing guy. Um, they have live music, live comedy, live events, uh, podcasts, and um, it's just a dope spot. So if you're in L.A. and looking for something to do, go to jamandthevan.com. A big, big thanks to Jack Higgins, our creative director, the two Jakes, uh, Jake Trainer and Jake Kotler, who uh, own and run this place. And uh, last but not least, Wolf Ramirez over here, our Thank you, Wolf. producer, videographer, editor, holding it all down, making sure this happens for you. Streaming live from Van in the, Jam in the Van every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you missed it, just go to Jam in the Van on YouTube, click on Hollywood Tales. This has been episode three of Hollywood Tales. And uh, can you see this? No. There it is. <laughs> Episode three of Hollywood Tales. Follow me at Ahmed Comedy, A H M E D Comedy. At Blake.Barty. And uh, that's pretty much it on everything. Yeah. Blake Barty. Cool. Thank you. Great times, guys. Thank you and signing off. See you next Monday. <laughs>